generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. I keep telling you guys, homes are a terrible investment. And then a bunch of you guys rag on me because you know I bought a house in Malibu. Well, I did. Okay, you can check it out. And I'm telling you right now, no matter how good I do on this house, it's still a bad investment. Okay, the Malibu house. Let me just go through the math. Okay, Malibu, I bought I bought that house for $40 million. That was my purchase price. I'm reminded of this because every day I'm getting bills on this house. This year, I just want you to understand what I'm going to have to pay. Let's assume I keep this house for 10 years. Understand how much money you have to make on your home or my home, how much somebody has to actually increase in value between what you paid and what you sell it for to actually even break even. Check this out. The taxes on this house are a half a percent. Let's say times 10 years. What is that? Uh, Half a percent on 40 million. What is that? Five, 200 grand a year. So I got 200 grand times 10. Uh-oh, got to make another 2 million. Okay. Now I rehabbed the house already. Everybody's going to rehab what they bought. I think I probably spent two. I hate to tell anybody I spent this. Don't tell anybody. I'm kind of ashamed of it, but I spent a couple of large on it just to get the thing. You know, once you get in it, you're excited. You got to clean up the walls. You got to start doing shit you didn't need to do, adding furniture that you didn't need, getting all excited. And when you get excited, what happens? You spend money. Okay. Taxes, rehab, oh, oh, cost of dough, cost of money. Okay. Now, I paid cash for this house. I'm proud to say I was in a position to stroke a check to a Russian guy. He took the bag. He left town. He's got his hands full in Ukraine right now, okay? So cost of money. I didn't pay anything for it, but this would be the interest rate or the opportunity cost of the money. If I was paying interest on $40 million, I'd be paying $2 million a year. Um, and so the cost of money, though, if I didn't have interest, then I'd have the opportunity cost. I can earn 5%, 5 or 6% in the bank today. So let's just do the 5% number on $40 million. That's $20 million a year. I'm sorry, over 10 years. Remember, we're keeping this asset for 10 years. That means 20 million will go to the cost of money, either interest rate or opportunity cost. We also have Big M maintenance, okay? Maintenance on a, on a house this size is gonna be about a half a percent uh, per year. It's probably 1% on a four, 500, $600,000 home. A couple million dollar house is gonna be about 1% on. On this size house, it's probably gonna be a half of 1%. So that's gonna cost me another $2 million over 10 years. Understand these homes, man. You got like, they're, they're, they're a lot of damn work, man. That's, that's a nothing goes wrong. Oh, insurance is included in the maintenance. Uh, security, uh, technology upgrades, computers, all that kind of stuff that it takes to run this beast, right? So what do I got? 40 million, 42 million, 44 million. Oops, 64 million, $66 million is what I will have to sell this house for times 1.06. The 6% is for that real estate agent, Brandon Williams, him and his, and my wife are probably gonna, they're both agents. They're gonna probably wanna split up another what? 160 million, $3.64 million worth of commissions. That means I gotta sell this house, ladies and gentlemen, for 70 million just to break even. And you tell me a house is a good deal and I'm gonna tell you it will be the worst single investment you make in your lifetime. It didn't provide passive income, very few tax benefits. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll owe about 20% taxes unless these Biden people go crazy. Could be 30% taxes when I go to sell it on the gains. There's no out here, okay? I'd have been much better taking the 40 million. The same 40 million, I could have bought a $160 million building, okay? $160 million. Welcome and you are listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Very unique intro for the people there, Mikey. It is, mate. I wonder how many people do that calculation when they buy a house. And that is the whole point of doing this podcast because I came across this and I thought, this is really interesting. This is somebody who loves property, 
who effectively takes all that they earn and puts it into buying properties to then rent out to people. His whole life, man. Like, everything he does is about of property. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think a lot of people may have uh, heard of Grant Cardone. There were some people like, oh, he's a crook, fucking whatever. Let's just ignore the noise and be like, okay, what can we learn from this video? And instantly as well, you know, when you make, when you've done something in your life and you have somebody telling you that's a bad idea, what are you going to do? You're going to defend that. You're going to be like, no, it's not, etc. And you'll have your reasons. And that's cool. So this isn't about you needing to defend what you may have done uh, or all of us doing that or trying to build a case for why it's amazing. Everybody makes decisions for different reasons. But I think that the truly cool thing about this video is understanding the true cost of a property. Mm. And I barely ever see people talking about this. And the other day uh, when I was coming back from overseas, I'd, I'd watched that once and I was like, it came back into my brain. I thought, I'm going to watch that. And I thought, I might do a calc for New Zealand. Mm. And I couldn't, uh, couldn't sleep. So I was up at like five in the morning <laughs> doing it. I think you're probably awake shortly after. And I was like, mate, check this, uh, check this calc out. And so I slowly started putting it up onto Instagram as well. So I thought we'd just step through this calculation and talk about some of the different things that aren't in this video. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think that if you're looking to buy a property or if you've got a property, you should be really realistic about this so that you've got full insight as to some of the things that will come up. Because I've had a property before, and I'll tell you what, it's not a good feeling when a builder goes onto your roof or there's water coming through the ceiling and you're like, I wonder how that could be fucking happening because I'm only really good at debits and credits. These hands ain't going to be going up there <laughs> fixing it. And someone comes around and they're like, oh, the roof probably needs replacing. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, that, that is not a good feeling. It's 10 Gs, baby. So this video isn't, like, this will trigger people and this podcast will too and the calculation that I did and then put on Instagram did. It's not designed to do that. It's designed for you to go, am I thinking about these things? And you got messages oh baby you got (laughs) you got hit up hard on this one yeah i mean (laughs) this was nearly as big as the um look how expensive this pie is that i recently (laughs) put up as well (laughs) woke up to about 30 dms people wanted to tell me about the price of pies i think the all-time great just tangent here is you inside like a warehouse stationery knocking over the afterpay oh, sign. Yeah. Fuck, that was funny. <laughs> that was so good. I love that one, eh? Someone, <laughs> someone actually mentioned that, uh, an older person the other day, and was like, mentioned that, and was like, yeah, my wife uh, follows you. So shout out to, uh, to uh, yeah, you, you if you're that person's wife. But <laughs> anyway, so I thought, okay, I was going to, uh, instantly my brain was like, let's do a million dollar property. But then I was like, no, that's silly. So I think that, um, a seven hundred thousand dollar house may be pretty reasonable. We're going to back to Dannyburg for this, <laughs> <laughs> for, for people to continue to think about. Yeah. Um, but so what I thought is I took his principles and thought, okay, let's let's work through this. So you buy a property for seven hundred thousand dollars, and you rehab it slash you want to upgrade it. That's five percent. Was roughly. It's renovate. Yeah. So usually when you get a property, you're like, oh, you know, you've had after three months in there, unless you've brought a new build, you're probably like, I'm going to do this to it, or uh, I need to get that deck done, or I'm going to knock those trees out the back, or you think you're fucking DIY from Mitre 10 Mega, and you're going to do it all. So let's just say 5%, so that'd be $35,000 mm-hmm. worth of rehab. 
Now, this is the one that I got a lot of messages about where I thought, okay, rates maybe 1500 bucks for a year. Mm. And people were like, the bro. quarter, you mean? Yeah, well, <laughs> what are you on about? Yeah. So I've only said for this calculation, $2,500, which I know I've still undercooked. And remember, average, yeah. remember as well that this is over a 10-year window. So that rehab slash those upgrades, like that 35K, you're probably going to do that in, in the lifetime at some stage, or sorry, in that 10 years. So $25,000 worth of rates. And the maintenance in the video basically said 1% per year, and that includes your insurance as well. And I feel like these numbers are actually undercooked. What's that for? So that's basically like maintaining the property. So over the, the oh, co- yeah. course of it, so basically 10% in total. So 1% each year, 10% mm-hmm. in total. And that includes your your insurance. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's probably undercooked. So that is, in a 10-year window, your roof probably is going to be knackered or some shit's going to go wrong with the property and you're going to have to do that. Yep. So this is basically saying, okay, if we budget on 1% of the original purchase price for 10 years, there's $70,000, including the insurance. Now then the cost of cash. And this is the bit why I think people don't do these calculations because they... This is hard shit to understand, right? Mm. So I've said, okay, what if we average out interest rates at 4% for 10 years to stay in that property? So what I did is I thought, well, I've learned from you that most people will have a 20% deposit, so they're going to borrow the 80%, so a $560,000 loan. So I went on to the yellow and black uh, website, banking website, and I keyed in a mortgage calculator, and I did $560,000 interest over 30 years. I changed the rate to 4%. The entire way through, but remember that this is just for a ten-year window, and I'm going to be nice here because in the first ten years of a mortgage, you're going to pay more in interest mm-hmm. than you are in the second ten, and then the third ten. Because the way a loan works, you start to pay uh, more interest at the start, and then more principal off towards the back end, right? Yep. So, but I thought, okay, let's keep it nice. So I took the interest, which is about four hundred and three thousand bucks, and I divided it by three. And that gives us our total interest cost of around $134,157 to be exact. Now, then there's the opportunity cost of money. This is the big one. Yeah. For, well, personally. And people... It would be different for everyone, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you to have a 20% deposit on a $700,000 property, you would have to have 140 k mm. Now, I've just said, okay, let's just even out interest rates at 3% in terms of what you could earn on that cash, mm. right? Over a 10-year window. But let's be smart as well because you're going to lose a third of that most likely to tax. So really, you're going to get $2,800 after tax on that. So $28,000 for the 10 years. Mm -hmm. However, you you could be like, oh, no, I'm massive into my crypto and I can double that every year or whatever. Everyone's going to have a different rate. So I've tried to keep this very, very prudent Mm. and very fair. So that total cost of that is $992,157. So that's our cost for the 10 years. And then at the end, you're going to sell that, aren't you? So that's that's in this example. And a real estate agent's going to say, well, I can do that for you, roughly, looking at 6% by the time you pay them, plus a lawyer. Mm, Real estate agents are about three. Only about three? Yeah. Okay. More or less. All right, so let's go... 992,157 times by 1.03. You're looking at $1,021,921.71. Tw- yeah, $1, so basically your $700,000 property at the end of the 10 years, you have to sell that bad boy for $1.021 million. 
to break even. To break even. Yep. On the things that you would have paid for. So what's that? Dif- what was it? Seven hundred k. One point oh two one minus seven hundred. So you've got three hundred twenty. Yeah, three hundred and twenty-one, three hundred twenty-two thousand dollars worth of expenses in that in that ten years. Now, the, I wrote in big bold letters down here because I knew this would be the first message I would get. But you had to live somewhere. <laughs> Because this is also <laughs> what my dad would say to me. Yeah. But you've got to live somewhere. <laughs> so that is obviously the very first message. I, I feel like this calculation is so unfair. I really love your content, but what are, you, like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, yep. And I actually sent them a screenshot of that. I was like, look what, uh, look what I've deliberately like, missed out here. And we're not going to factor that into the calculation because that is obviously people are like, yeah, but I'm not having to pay my rent. Mm. What this calculation is designed to help you understand is what it's really going to cost to to break even in your property. Yeah, like, you can I think you can be like it's going to cost well, if if your house ends up worth this, it's going to cost you this, which over the time of 10 years is no different to renting. <laughs> even if you made your capital gain and you feel good about it and it's emotionally like you made money, the reality is, over that time, the outlay that you put into place, the interest you paid on the mortgage, the roof that you repaired, the roof is doing good. Mm. Who came and did it? Yep. But the fact is, is if you just paid thirty grand a year in rent, it was the same, or well, not not a big enough difference to matter, right? Over ten years. Well, I knew the next message I would get would be, yeah, but property doubles every ten years, <laughs> and it also <laughs> it's usually seven or eight. So they've got a pretty good return. <laughs> so if we say, okay, property doubles every 10 years, mm-hmm. then 700000 becomes $1.4 million by the end of that 10 years. So people would say, well, I've still, I've still made $400,000. However, I didn't then reply to that person and say, cool, so now what are you going to do with that four hundred k? Because going back to the first person, you've still got to live somewhere. <laughs> so you're going to go and buy another property, aren't you? And guess what doubled? In the same time that your property doubled. The house you're buying. Bingo. <laughs> so again, this is just designed to get you thinking and to get you thinking differently. Because as soon as you leave school and as soon as you get out into New Zealand, you will be bombarded by the propaganda that is one of the ultimate Ponzi's that is legal <laughs> in this country. <laughs> the so sooner good. you can get on the property ladder, the better your life will you be. You love it, eh? Yeah, I do. <laughs> If that's what you want to do, like, cool. But do do that if that's what you want to do. But we need to be giving people more tools to go, I just need to look at this from a couple of other angles. Because I've never been to an open home where they're like, here's what the property is, here's what we're expecting the true cost of it to be over the next 10 years. Yeah, no, 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 no. They're just talking about how good the suburb has done in terms of capital growth over the last year. Yeah. Mate, even when I walked into the... Aussies are worse. I don't know if they're worse, but... I feel like Aussies, Aussies are worse. I don't know if they're worse. Mate, well, I feel like they are feeling more pain interest rate wise than we are here. Mm, they are squawking, aren't yeah, they? They are wah, real. Wah. Yeah. yeah, fucking koalas but up the tree a year ago. Now they're out. Man, I walked into the Gold Coast into a apartment sales thing there because I was like just checking it out. I wanted to know a price, and she didn't even tell me the price. She told me the growth rate over the last year. I was like, fuck, it's the same here. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> it was just like, we've had 27% growth over here in the last year. I was like, oh, wow, cool. <laughs> <laughs> of what? <laughs> yeah. 
shit. Yeah, it, it's like it's the first thing because it's the attractive part, right? Yeah. The attractive yeah. part isn't doing the calculation over 10 years. No. Imagine real estate offices having that plastered up all over the place. Mm. Yeah. The, the property managers would be busy because everyone stay renting. <laughs> <laughs> but there's two other things in here. And one is that in the lifetime of your property, especially as properties become worth more, and if we don't see uh, massive gains, the bank are probably going to make more money from your property than you are. So, again, that should be a lesson for you. Far out. I need to understand the system better. Like, how mm. how are they getting away with this for so long? Because people won't want to think any different. Mm. And they won't want to try and get out of the normal sort of life that we teach or preach and encourage people into in New Zealand to think differently. Yeah. I guess any gain's attractive, right? Like, even if the bank make more of a gain than you, at least you're getting some of it as the, I guess, the very simplified headspace that we get put in. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, um, yeah, the, the other thing is is that uh, that deposit thing at the start. This is, for me, why I sold my house. Because... It was locking up my life savings effectively, the capital that I needed, going back to like the opportunity cost. Some people it's 5% in a term deposit. Me, it was like setting up the income for the rest of my life. Mm. I couldn't really do it without getting that capital and just having it sit in a 0.0% transactional account ready to deploy, you know? Yeah. And it's impossible to like quantify what that return will be, but there isn't a fucking house in New Zealand that will match me. No. And it won't match you either. And I think that understanding that comes down to like belief in yourself and all these other things and, and, you know, pushing the go button and having the courage to act and do all these things, uh, a lot of things that people, a lot of people won't do and they'll continue sleepwalking. But man, that is a big price to pay. Mm. If you think about it over a 80 year life. Yeah. So I think that, do the calculation and then be like, oh, even if even if that calculation works out better and you do, and property did double, and then you make four hundred grand over the space of what I don't know, ten twenty years, like, is that enough? Well, I'm not, I'm not enough. Is that like what, something you're going to be like, fuck yeah, nail that because of that calculation I did back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Be realistic yeah. about what you're going to do with that money. Yeah, in is ten it, years' time. Exactly. So I think it's. Just have a bit of a deeper think about it, eh? Like, yeah. do the calculation, have a deep think, then make your decision. Because, man, we're seeing quite a few people that went down that road over the last sort of five to ten years, and they're getting off that road now. Yeah. They don't like it now. Um, and, you know, I get quite excited when someone comes to me being like, fuck, I sold my houses, mate. I've just got this business that's cranking. I met with someone today. <laughs> and, it like, he just, he's got this business humming, and it's so cool, man. He's just like... Oh, the missus wants to buy a fucking house and I'm not keen. I just want to keep going with the business and I just love that and that's me being biased. But um, yeah. yeah, I think everyone needs to have a, a decent think about it and not get, <laughs> we always say it, if you want a house, do the numbers, buy a house, 100% on board with you. But yeah, make sure that you understand what else you're sacrificing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, this gives you some rough calculations where you can start to preempt, like if you buy a house, because most people will, they're so itchy to get onto the property market and, and the way that it is at the moment, you get on and you've used every last dollar that you could. But then when the, the 
the bloody tap washer goes, you're like, fuck, I might just worry about that in a month's time. It's actually not that big of a deal. But your mate comes around, they're like, bro, why is the water fucking horizontal at me? Oh, mate, don't worry about it, man. It's just a washer, you know? But you've got to start then putting money aside for the the suck of mm. a property because mm. it, will, it will suck money from you. Mm. They are horrific liabilities. And this is not nothing new that we're trying to tell people. This is like rich dad, poor dad, mm. 101 type shit. A property is a liability. But... It's not very well taught in New Zealand. So this is just a good way um, to break it down. But one of the other things, like an agent goes to sell it. So this should be another wake-up call for you. So an agent goes to sell it. I thought 6%, but we'll take your word that it's 3%. So let's say that you are going to sell this bad boy for a million dollars. Let's say a million dollars at the end of that 10-year period. And they say, cool, we want our slice of that. So we want our 3%. Mm-hmm. Sweet, 30 grand. They make $30,000 selling your property. Now... Wouldn't it be amazing to make 30K in one go? Like, have you ever sent an invoice for $30,000? Not asking you, like people listening. Yeah. You know, like that is another lesson. Fuck Mm. me. The bank are creaming it on here. Real estate agents are creaming it on here. Maybe I've got to understand the concept of what vehicle am I in. Mm. But to counter that, because I know that we're both biased because we both love business, right? So I was trying to dig in and figure out how many people are actually out-and-out business owners. And it seems like worldwide sort of entrepreneurial data is that less than 5% of people think like an entrepreneur or are like, you know what, I'm going to have a crack at starting a business and then they actually can make something happen. Mm. So That's small, eh? It is. It's 1 in 20. Whoa. So when we're like, oh, you know, fucking, you don't need to be on this path and shit. For 19 out of 20 people, they're like, dude, man, like, I fucking, this path sounds wicked. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to be ringing people, yeah, cold calling people. Yeah. What do you mean 350 podcasts? Saturdays, Sundays. <laughs> sounds shit, you dickheads. You know, give me my bloody double property in a 10-year window. At least I've got something. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't um, begrudge people for wanting to do that. But this is where I'll help people understand because – so naturally, like Mikey's brain's like, oh, the big thing for me is opportunity cost of cash. Because this is the way that someone taught me to then try and teach a partner if they weren't entrepreneurial was to basically, if you got into a relationship, say, and your partner is just like, you know, why do you, you know, why don't we just buy property? Why can't we tie it all up? Like, why have you got money sitting there in that account and investing? It's basically like saying to a builder, hey, I need you to give me all my tools and I'm just going to lock this sh- and lock them in the shed for a bit. And you're basically... Fuck, that's a good way to put it, eh? Yeah. So you're taking all of the tools away from I the like person that. that knows how to use them. Yeah. So once you start to learn how to use money, you're not like, I should buy more homes to live in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Are you? No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, because you've learned to think what you can do with cash because you start to see money as a tool. Man, that's a good way to put it. It's a great analogy, Luke. So 19 out of 20 people are probably never going to have an interest. Mm. They're going to be like, fuck you, man, with your stupid 10-year calculation. <laughs> I want somewhere to live. It is sick. It has got heated tiles. I'm going to lay on them naked, and you can get, if you think, that I'm going to run some form of calculation. So I do, I get it, because I just want to stop getting 100 emails. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> From people being like, stop saying I shouldn't get a property. But I was doing some research uh, and some learning into uh, different things around like business and stuff the other day as well. So 
I was just trying to see if, um, yeah, if I got them. So just to give other people some perspective whilst I stay on this 5% thing, basically, so this is from somebody who's worked with entrepreneurs their entire life. Like entrepreneurship is an outlier activity. So the way that often we'll, we'll try and explain things and think like, why aren't more people thinking like this or doing this is because we're naturally like way out. But then I we'll... Don't, I don't even consider myself an entrepreneur though. But you are. So that, that's, that's also very common. People are like, nah, I'm not really an entrepreneur. Like a, a true entrepreneur, like an Elon Musk. Uh, that's what I consider an entrepreneur, someone who like invents something. Yeah. But that was probably, that's probably like a 0.5%. Well, I was jumped into an industry that was already existing and just try and provide value in it. Yeah, which is, if you can get it working, which you have, it works very well. Yeah. But people would go, like, okay, let's look at this property deal before. Who would you rather be? The homeowner, the bank, or the real estate agent? Real estate agent or the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for a lot of people, they'd be like, I want to fucking own the home, mate. I don't, I don't want to be a real estate real estate agent. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bank, that's impossible. But, uh, so it's, on, uh, it's uh, an outlier activity. Now, what that means is that when you decide to be a business owner or an entrepreneur, you depart a long time ago, a long, you departed a long time ago from the normal life. So the more that you do business and entrepreneurship, the harder it is to think like, buying a $700,000 property and trying to make money off. I've of noticed this myself. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I've been told by others that I'm fucking just so far away from reality. Yeah, their reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Just uh, the way that I think. Yeah. yeah. So this is interesting. So basically what this webinar was about was to think like an immigrant. Mm. Now... Entrepreneurship, outlaw activity, 5% type thing, people depart from the, the normal thing to do, education, property, safe job, pay it down, just maybe pay it down a bit faster, then maybe second rental property. You're thinking way bigger, right? So basically, in this webinar, we're saying think and act like an immigrant. You have ambition and an ability to create value. You are not normal and you won't want to be normal and you won't be normal. So that's like... When you realize that, you basically stay in that. Now, interesting. So immigrants to the USA usually do 40% better than native-born Americans. Yeah, wow. You see everything as an opportunity because the risk was getting to the country to start with. Fuck, that's sexy, eh? How good's that? I like that, eh? Yeah. Shit, yeah. So basically, when an immigrant gets to the US, and this is why, like, sometimes I'm like, why are, why are there so many... Indian taxi drivers, for instance, because mm. they get here and they're like, fuck, I got here. Yeah. Oh my God. They're going to let me drive that Uber to make some coin. Mm. Fuck yeah. I'm doing that. Mm. We're like, I'm not doing that. Mm. Why should I? That's, yeah, you don't yeah. make much money doing that. Yeah. yeah. You know, what fuck. Now I could make money doing way better things, but I just got to finish watching this TV series first. Yeah. <laughs> so they think a lot different. And I think it's a really cool concept to potentially think like uh, an immigrant. that just reminded me of something. I saw something cool the other day that was the different races in America and um, it was just like a list of like Indians in America are the highest earners, Jews are the wealthiest, like this, basically this list and like 
white Americans are the worst. Really? Like on balance per mm. capita. But yeah, fuck, it was pretty crazy, eh? Because basically it was from everyone from overseas that coming over there and hustling. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And it makes got so much this. sense. That's probably, they call it the land of opportunity, don't they? Kind of. I'm just thinking about myself and like myself, I'm like, I kind of created my own version in my head, eh? Of, first it was like... Well, you were like an immigrant into the mortgage space. Kind of, but but personal level in terms of wanting to make more than like a median wage. It was like kind of being scared of being broke to start off with. I still carry that. Whenever I'm going to take risk, I'm like, what's the downside here? Yeah. <laughs> Can I stomach it? Yeah. <laughs> so I carry that and that's like that thing, like getting past that is one part and then the next part, it was too risky for me not to take risk because I I was going down the rental property path. I was on a PAYE wage and I could basically, I'm capable of doing math and I printed it out and it spat out what I was going to be at 60 and I was like, that does not excite me enough to keep going after. Mm. I need to do way more than that. And doing that to me was way riskier than having a crack at you know something else and I just took the plunge. So I built up my own risk really. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, man. I think it's a, a really cool episode to just look at a very normal thing to do in New Zealand and and just think about it from a different angle. If you make 300 grand on that house and that calculation, the real estate that's sold it to you can make that in a year. Yes, more. More. Well, but also... We know some real estate agents that make lots more. <laughs> yeah. One <laughs> rang me a couple of months ago and I was like, okie dokie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, you've taken 10 years to make 300 grand. The real estate agent's going to take 3% of your entire sale price, a million. So 10% of your 300 grand profit, bang. Yeah. For one sale. Yeah. 10% of it. Bye-bye. Yeah. So just, you've got to look at the path that you're on, or the path that New Zealand teaches you to get on and just think, where is that walker going to take me? It's fucking sleepwalking, man. Yeah. We're going to do a pod on how to think, eh? Hey? We are, We're going to do that on Sunday morning, Saturday uh, morning. Okay, yeah, cool. I've been writing some sick notes for that. Yeah, because this is like, it can tangent off into all these types of things. And, ooh, fuck yeah, we won't get started on it now. Eh? No. Leave you hanging, you leave a five-star review and we'll fucking, <laughs> we'll pump it out to you. <laughs> I do just want to acknowledge there'll be people that are like, yeah, but we brushed over it, but you had to live somewhere. And, you know, like rents, massively expensive, etc. We're not saying it isn't. Again, it's, you've got to figure out what you want from your life and that's okay to want things and then figure out is the path that you're on going to take you there. Mm. And if you're like, yeah, but renting's fucking expensive, then you've got to figure out what levers you can pull to try and change that. Is it moving back home? Is it going to live with your mates? You I know, think I, rent is more malleable than mortgage repayments though, eh? Like, I reckon I'd have a better chance of talking to my landlord about some sort of scenario change than the bank. Maybe not. But also, it's kind of it's kind of like the, you wouldn't do it with a mortgage, right? So like if you got into a scenario where you needed to earn more money or cover a, a, an increased interest rate cost or something like that, it's kind of like the business owner in Parnell when they say they're putting the rent up. Before he chucks his business in, he will work 80 hours and get rid of his staff and do it himself. Like, they people, will always hang on to that. People will always fight harder yeah. to keep what they've already got than yeah. what they will work to get things they don't have. That's it. That's it. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to shut up now because you just <laughs> summed it up. <laughs> yeah. i tell you the other cool thing, mate. 
my dryer's broken at the moment. Oh, yeah. If my dryer was broken when I was a homeowner, mm. I would have a level of, on a PAYE salary, I would have a level of like, fuck. Fuck your privilege, man. I go to the dry, laundromat. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. And it comes in my fully furnished property that I pay for. Yeah. I don't have any, I don't own any chattels. But I'm like, to the building manager I saw this morning on the way back from the gym, she's like, have you tried this? And I was like, we have tried that. And I was like, you can get in there at any time, help yourself, just make sure it's fixed. Yep. I, I don't want anything to do with it. It's kind of nice. Eh? And I ain't fucking paying the billy then. I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, it's so, kind of nice. <laughs> it is really nice. Yeah. So. I must get myself a dry. <laughs> <laughs> now use the sun, mate. It's, it's better. We've been getting lazy. But yeah, each to their own. Make sure that if you want things, you, you map your decisions back to getting closer to those. Again, this is a pod designed not for you to go like, I need to defend the choices that I've made or anything like that. You're basically just looking at a topic going, shit. I hadn't actually thought about it like that before. No one had stepped through what the true cost of a property could be. And then, oh, yeah, great. I, I, I may still make some money on it, though, but and then what? And I think that is always the challenge to, to all of us that are trying to get ahead further financially is, and then what? Yep, okay, you're on the property market ladder. What's your next step? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to use that equity and time? You've got to start learning about it before you get to it, etc. So everybody's running their own race with their own goals and, uh, mate, bring on the How to Think Yeah, podcast. that's going to be a goodie, eh? Yeah. You, okay, guys, we need 5,000 five-star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> We're at 1,200. <laughs> There's a couple of th- few thousand left to go, and then we'll give you the How to Think when it's oh, going to be wow. a stonker of an episode. Oh, baby. And it nah, we'll be, drop it on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. It won't be How to Think like us. So we're telling you How to Think. It's basically things that we've used to go, okay, I need to look at this a little mm. bit differently. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, mate. I think there's another calculation on the back end of this GC video as well. Uh, so we'll play that and get out of here. Small for you druggies, okay? I could have bought a $160 million building that would have cash flowed probably $2 million a year before the rent rents go up. I'm talking about one of those big multifamily properties that I buy, or even an office building that stays rented 50, 60% that provides me with cash flow, okay? Look how much more money I'd have made. I'd have made 2 million, let's see, times 10. If the rents don't ever go up, I'd have made 20 million on the cash flow. And I'd have been provided with a tax write-off on the 40 million. Shit, before we go, mate, as well, the final thing I forgot to mention is that I think roughly that calculation works out over that 10-year window to basically you need a 4% increase in your property price Ah, right. To the end of that. So you need a guaranteed 4% compounding in your return. Yeah, it might even be like three and a half, okay? But remember that the times that we're in at the moment are a little bit like that. We might might see a window of basically sideways movement or slight increases in property prices. We might not see massive doubles Mm. and things like that. So it's just something to be mindful of. Also... It's really hard to come back from if you started in November 2021 and it fell 22.5% to begin with. You're an asshole, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. I'd have been given a tax write-off. I'm getting tax write-offs buying a house in Malibu. I'd have probably scored $14 million in tax write-offs, made another $20 million in cash flow, and over 10 years, guess what? That asset that I put $40 million in that's worth one sixty. all this has to do is go up 10% for me to make another $16 million over a year. And I pay the broker a half of 1%. In commercial real estate, you pay a half of 1% and they're happy. In residential real estate, you pay them 6 and they're still pissed off, okay? The next time you think buying a house is a good deal, go back and look at this video. Share it with your friends. If you like this channel, I try to do a lot of stuff like this, try to keep it fresh, try to give you the real thing, show you what I'm doing every day. Buying this house in Malibu was a mistake for me, okay? Look, truth is, buying a, buying a house in Golden Beach was a mistake. I should have put every single penny that I had in multifamily real estate like we do at Cardone Capital, pays me cash flow, provides me a tax write-off. Okay, I can just keep writing it off, writing it off, writing it off, and 